Yo, everybody, welcome back to brand new Techish. We back in the building. We're now, let back. me give you the honest story. We were chilling on the beach, and then we saw Kim <laughs> K said that nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody so we wants to like, work anymore. <laughs> so we were like, cool, let's get back to recording. So we back. How you doing, Abba? I'm good. How are you? How have you been for the last six months? I know. It's quite <laughs> surreal to be recording it in real life, actually. It feels weird. I'm usually just like sitting in my athleisure wear at home, looking at you <laughs> through a computer screen. Now I get to see you in real life. In the flesh. Wow, cool, this cool, is cool. cool. I mean, so a lot of stuff's happened since we've been away, so. Let's get it cracking. Let's go. Cool. So, yeah, first story is, I mean, we had a whole bunch of stories lined up. and then we So kept... many. Too much stuff's been happening. Yeah. People then... need to calm down. <laughs> and then I wake up this morning and I see that Emperor Elon has acquired a 9% position in Twitter, which is actually mad surprising. He now owns more than... I'm divesting. <laughs> you know, Done. He owns more than Jack Dorsey, any of the original founders. He's the largest shareholder in the company. What's the next move here? You oh think he's going to bring Trump back? He's, what's, what's he doing on there? He's like already so annoying on there. <laughs> now he owns it. Now he's just going to be even more annoying on there. I mean, I personally am kind of scared because y- you know how I feel about Elon Musk. Everyone's always out there fangirling him and fanboying him. I don't know. I think he's got like, to me, questionable values and questionable ethics. And he is the kind of person that says he never pays for marketing for his companies. Right. Like He's always really proud to boast like, oh, I never like buy marketing for Tesla, never buy marketing for anything. But at the same time, he's spending all day long on Twitter yeah. marketing his products and Basically. building up his profile. So to me, it, you know, he's someone that is a power user of Twitter. And like we've seen how he's used Twitter. We've talked about it on the show to influence everything from like crypto markets mm-hmm. to even the share price of his own company. So it makes me feel quite uncomfortable that he's now also going to be able to control what is and isn't allowed on the platform. Because let's face it, that's what a shareholder does. Like everyone that works in a company, yeah. all the operators, all the leaders, they're accountable to the shareholders. Like you've got to do what your board wants you to do. So to me, it's concerning. Like one of the first tweets I saw that you shared was like, oh, he might let, Trump back on the platform Mm. and I'm just like gosh no please please I mean what do you think I mean yeah because a couple of days ago he was tweeting about how like essentially Twitter is like the new public town square Mm. and does he believe that Twitter upholds those kind of values of like quote-unquote free speech that's a whole another like rabbit hole we can go down about what is free speech what is not blah 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 when does free speech become hate speech (laughs) yeah I mean I I don't know if he'll let Trump back on but I definitely think he'll probably make it a lot harder for people to be kind of deplatformed and he'll probably try to well this is the other thing what I've seen apparently is that his ownership isn't enough for him to basically dictate policy or kind of thing it's meant to be like it's still a relatively like minority um stake apparently okay um, i don't know this is where my knowledge nine percent of a company yeah. okay fine. yeah but i don't think he's, <laughs> it could just be the early openings basically where he, he buys more or it could just be like you know what screw the rules screw the S- screw the sec i'm gonna come through and basically like tell you lot what to do red tear whatever right but i definitely think he wants to swing the pendulum in the other direction and basically make it harder for people to kind of be deplatformed or to be kind of outright banned or probably make it more transparent yeah do you know what i'm saying i'm conflicted in terms of the whole deplatform thing i have seen like left-wing organizations and accounts be taken down yeah so it's like one of those things where like i feel like sometimes we can be so quick to be like yeah take them down and then we're like well we're building a chalice for ourselves as well in a sense that like if you have any perspective that is kind of outside of the norm if you've got any kind of radical perspectives it can often just be like bunched in it's like oh like you you know like i don't know well you're like worried that when we push people off these platforms they just go to like parlay or whatever that one was called not even that (laughs) they can go there those platforms never work (laughs) what i'm saying is is in like if you've got any perspective that is basically seen as like outside the kind of medium mainstream norm yeah right or left then you can be 
deplatformed. Like if someone says like, oh, Abedis, you think your perspective is too radical yeah. on gender, or too radical on this, whatever, whatever. I mean, like, I already don't like him. So I'm, at risk. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely at risk. risk. <laughs> and he's the kind of person that like, if you tweet stuff that he doesn't like, he will, you know, about him or whatever, he will block you. So yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think that might be like too obvious a flex. Like if he's literally just starts like canceling people that are like, <laughs> you know, chatting, whatever, negative stuff about him or his company. I feel like that would very immediately like raise up red flags. I think what's more scary is like the less obvious uses of the power that comes to the platform. Like, so for example, we have spoken on the show before about how VCs and like certain VCs and like certain tech founders are trying to take away the credibility of journalists Mm -hmm. if those journalists like threaten their revenue and like threaten their commercial interests. And, you know, we're not the first people to talk about this. Taylor Lorenz has spoken about it before, but we saw what happened when she started speaking up about Clubhouse during Mm -hmm. the pandemic and the fact that there were a lot of, you know, discriminatory, like racist, anti-Semitic rooms being started, messages being shared. You know, she was just speaking objectively about what she had observed and people with a stake in Clubhouse went on the attack and started trying to like discredit her. And I just think it's kind of scary to think of how like Twitter can very quickly take credibility away Mm -hmm. from people who I think deserve that credibility, have earned that credibility. You know, like all it takes is like a bot farm to sway an election or, you know, a certain hashtag to get people cancelled. And I think it's that more like you know gray area of the power of twitter that's a bit scary and also more likely to be abused because it's hard to tell where it starts remind me again what's clubhouse i'm joking i'm playing that shit died right. I mean, your investment went down the drain your oh, hypothetical investment I, I won that bet come on because it's just to remind audiences abadesi was bullish i was bearish <laughs> on that app i said that's going nowhere after the pandemic came through do you still use it yeah who's on you, there though well like to be honest, like this is like so niche but they have these like really nice like sunday service like black women christian <laughs> oh, okay i don't know that's your so, thing like, so like i actually like quite enjoy like listening to like that there's like one specific club other than that i'm definitely other than that, yeah. it. Oh, okay, yeah. cool, cool. Are you more of a Twitter Spaces person now? I'm definitely listening to Twitter Spaces more because the thing is, like, I'm already on the app. Right. I'm already like literally just talking about how like, I'm worried about the app. But I'm on the app a lot. Yeah. I'm already on the app. I'm reading stuff. I see a space pop up, and I go on it. Like Clubhouse, it's like I have to actually open it to yeah. go on it. And yeah, you know what? Though? It's like I have a friend of mine who's a musician, and he spent a lot of time on Twitter Spaces learning about NFTs. Wow. And I hadn't spoken to him in weeks. And then I spoke to him. He was using all the lingo. He was like, "Oh, it's a rug pull." The Discord. I was like, "Bro, is that you? Yeah." <laughs> You know, right about tech now, all of a sudden he's like a web free guru. I was like, okay. So if you just have that shit on in the background, then certain rooms you can pick up things by osmosis. Same, yeah. same for podcasts, but there's something different with a, like a live audio feature. Like, so I think the feature is to stay, but Clubhouse is 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 a RIP. I'm sorry, <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, speaking of Elon, just keeping him on the subject, I think he's got enough on his plate because basically there's now a class action lawsuit. Oh, yeah. 4,000 black employees basically are saying that it's a racist work environment. At Tesla. Uh, at Tesla, the view, mm. sorry, yeah. And there was a previous individual who managed to successfully, successfully sue them for $137 million wow. based on the abuse that he had received working at Tesla. So apparently he's not alone. So, class action lawsuit, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, so I was reading the article that you shared with me. I think it was from like the LA Times or yeah. something like that. And I was horrified. I was horrified because I, it makes me really sad that there are still like workplaces like in America, especially ones that are so 
glorified by the masses in the way that the Tesla brand is glorified, that there's, you know, behind the scenes, a workplace in America. Okay, don't get me wrong. I know I'm holding an iPhone right here and like (laughs) there's mad stuff happening where iPhones are made in China, but we're always criticizing like, oh, you know, the Chinese government, like in Western mass media, people like criticize like the way the Chinese government maybe like think about labor and labor rights. We don't criticize the US government in the same way, but now the story comes out about the working conditions of black employees at Tesla factories in the U.S. And people are getting called the N-word and people are getting put to work in like the one corner of the factory that doesn't have air conditioning and it's nicknamed the plantation. And you're just like, excuse me, what? And hundreds and hundreds of people have evidence, stories to share of their negative experiences. And you're just like, how is this all happening? I'm saying is, man, everyone get your coin. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, I hope I hope there's more from what. Yeah, come on. So yeah, that because it's terrible. To be honest, it, these reports have been going on for a while. So exactly. if they haven't kind of like remedied it or like kind of done any kind of changes or whatever, if they haven't hired hustle crew to come through, and teach them, <laughs> like you know, what I'm saying, then like they deserve to lose all, mean, this, all this money. Really like they do. Four thousand black workers. Four thousand black workers are taking Elon Musk to court. There's probably another few thousand that you know, don't even have the courage or the risk to actually step up and participate Why not? I'll be like, add me. I'll be like, add me. Add me. Me, I want that money. But you know what I mean? Like, every time victims step up, there's like that whole other few that like, yeah. No, it's a career risk though. It is a career risk. Because they're a troublemaker, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, you're not not one of the team. You're not a team player, right? So there is a career risk. Or maybe your friends still work there. Like, you know, conflict of interest, it's complicated. But yeah, like, I'm just reminding the listeners and and myself that whenever you see that number, 4,000 black workers, like, that isn't the whole of it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's still more people who are affected, more people dealing with trauma. Yeah. And yeah, that's so messed up. Well, let's yeah, see what's happened. Time for him to pay his dues. Cause like honestly, like I don't know what that man's values are. That's the thing I don't like about Elon Musk. Like I feel like beyond being rich and powerful, like I don't actually know. Like for me, it feels so empty. This like, oh, we're gonna like conquer space, like SpaceX, we're gonna like be a multiplanetary like mm-hmm. race. Like for me, it's like you want to be a multiplanetary race with plantations on the moon, the way you got <laughs> plantations in the Tesla yeah. factory. It's kind of like, I, you know, I need a bit more detail in your vision here because <laughs> I've never heard him explicitly like stand up and like step up for, you know, Black Lives Matter, intersectional feminism, stuff that matters to me. So that's why I'm just like, you know, it's not just me trying to like, whatever, troll on a troll. It's like, I just haven't seen. Mm, you've seen enough. No. Okay, everybody listening, we've got some exciting news. Exciting. So you might be a long-time listener. Maybe you've been listening to us since the beginning. Or maybe today is the first time you are listening to Techish. Well, whoever you are, this message is for you. A lot of our listeners are entrepreneurial, enterprising, problem-solving, creative. Exactly. Ideas, people. And as a thank you for listening to Techish, and also as a way to give back to our community... We are setting up the Techish Fund, mm-hmm. which is a giveaway of money to go towards whatever it is you need at this point in your life. This giveaway is open internationally and it's open to anyone who listens to our podcast. We'll be giving away 1500 US dollars to one of our listeners. And this is all you have to do to enter the giveaway. A few simple steps, four simple steps. One, you got to be a follower of the podcast because the giveaway is only open to our followers. Follow the podcast wherever you listen to it if you're not already following us. So that could be Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Secondly, you got to leave us a five-star review. And this does have to be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Third, leave us a comment on the review section of Apple Podcasts telling us what you like about the podcast because we love to hear them. We love to read them. And finally, step four, email us with the subject line, Techish Giveaway at 
techishpod at gmail.com. And make sure you include a screenshot showing that you're following the podcast and a screenshot of the comments you've left on Apple Podcasts. So it's that simple. The giveaway will be open for a month from today. So it's going to close on the 7th of May. We're going to select a winner randomly and we'll contact you directly after yep. the podcast. So yeah, hope it goes well. Hope you guys enjoy it. And who knows, maybe we'll it increase the you. fund in future. <laughs> terms and conditions will be in the show notes as well. Please check the terms and conditions. We all know what happened at the Oscars. I don't want to go over the details. Everyone knows. Everyone's got their opinion. I don't even have a particular opinion on it. But what I will say that I do have an opinion on, there has been, it does look like now he's been slowly blackballed. So a lot of his projects, including Bad Boys 4. Is that a racist word? <laughs> Bad Boys 4 has been slowed yeah, they, down. They don't yeah. need another Bad Boys. Yeah, they really don't need that. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Bad Boys 3 was terrible, you know. I, 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 I enjoyed it, that. but did you watch it? No, the trailer, I was just like, let me just leave the good memories in my mind. There's so many good lines in the first Bad Boys. Like when my Larry. Like, we just came over to borrow a cup of sugar. Like, I just don't even want to yeah. watch the new one and, and but the reality memories, is, but yeah. It made money. And there should be a bad boys for if it's a business decision, yeah, sure. right? So now they're slowing down. Netflix has got a movie with him. They're now slowing down. And over a slap. Over, Seriously. I just don't. I, listen, I, I think he was in the wrong. I Why think, isn't Chris Rock being cancelled for making a misogynistic joke about a health condition that Jada Pinkett Smith has? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think this is where we're going to disagree. I think definitely like, from what I've read and understood, I don't think he knew that she had a condition. All the jokes in the Oscars, as far as I'm aware, are kind of pre-vetted. And there's a writing team as well. He didn't, he didn't just spitball it, basically. Because you can't mm. do that, basically. And in their defense, I don't think they knew she, she had alopecia, which is why I think he was so flabbergasted. But even still, like, it's just so lame. Like, oh, you've got a shaved head. The joke, was, the joke, joke was whack. About you. The joke was whack. Close your lips, bruv. Like, he didn't need to say that. <laughs> he didn't need to say that joke. Yeah, it was unnecessary. It was a dead joke. But like, it, the disproportionate focus on Will Smith's slap versus Chris Rock's cheap joke is what I don't understand and is so frustrating to observe as a woman. Mm. It's like, let's talk about the slap again. It's like, let's center the men in the conversation. Jada Pinkett Smith is not being centered in that conversation. And anytime anyone ever wants to bring her up, what are they going to bring up? They're going to try and shame her yeah. because she talked about having an open marriage. Ooh, it just it makes me so frustrated. It makes me like so, so talk angry. Well, I'm talking about it. Because like, we, we're living in a world where it's we're sending a message that it's like okay to mock women it's okay to make fun of women whether or not he knew that you know she had a skin condition or anything it's a cheap joke like the rules right. of comedy are you're supposed to punch up and if you're a man in patriarchy you always have more power than a woman that's it like game over like joke about the other guys joke about the men I'm not saying you can't make jokes about women but like why are you making jokes about women's appearance when women are being policed for their appearance constantly in society every day Chris Rock literally made a film about like women black women's hair like you know what an important part of our identity it is what an important part of our culture it is you know it talked about the fact that like you know we, black women are still living in a time where people want to like touch our hair like fetishize us objectify us in a way that other women don't have to deal with women with more privilege than us in society and for that to be effectively like the catalyst that sparked this whole feud but the conversation is still on Will Smith slapping Chris Rock shows us that we are not moving forward as a society like we're still looking at everything like through the male gaze you know in a society dominated by men and that's what really annoyed me you know looking at that interaction through the female gaze would I be upset if like someone made a joke about me I'd be so upset in a public forum like that yeah would I be upset if my husband you know reacted emotionally and slapped that person to be honest I'd be happy <laughs> like real talk 
honestly, yeah, if God. someone dissed me like that in public and my yeah. husband didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's the problem. That's the problem. Okay. Now that's a problem. But we're always seeing the world through the male gaze and interpreting it through, yeah, basically what we've been shaped by through that male experience. And if you interpret yeah. that through the female experience, look, I'm not speaking on behalf of all women. I'm not speaking on behalf of all black women. Yeah. I'm speaking on behalf of Abajesi the human. Yeah, that's all we can do. I wouldn't mind. Honestly, yeah. I wouldn't mind. But I would be so upset if I was the butt of the joke and the next day people weren't talking about why it's not cool in that moment to have made me the butt of that joke. Yeah. We're missing an opportunity. And I think the joke was out of pocket. Like in terms of if you put in the whole context regarding she's got a condition. Like if she had like even any any condition. Though. Like even no, if no, she no, just no, chose. No, 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 Come on, man. If if it, listen, these jokes are gonna run. Come on. It's, 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 have you never seen like weak sauce? That's come a fucking on. weak joke. It's, it's such a weak a joke. Weak joke. It's a weak How joke. Make fun of a woman's appearance. To me, I think, yeah, in the context of alopecia, the joke is completely out from my perspective. But I always say, man, keep your hands to yourself. Because the thing is, violence is not a closed loop. Yeah. If Chris Rock had just swung back or if Chris Rock's security had come back yeah. and started fucking up Will Smith and he was rolling around on the stage and it was a, a whole heap of palaver. I don't know, man. I, I just always got taught, keep your hands to yourself because you don't know how someone's going to respond. And, yeah, and, like, and like, think of like the Source Awards. Right. Nobody was getting cancelled after the Source Awards and stuff like that. Yeah. People but were still going out buying they turned albums, it into, they, to the they, concerts. They, they turned this into the Source Awards though. I can't lie. <laughs> I took back a big ended up dead. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Like, But no, listen. Okay, listen. Agree to disagree. I think he should have kept his hands to himself. But I understand why people are vexed at the joke, right? To me, what pissed me off though was that people were like take away his Oscar I'm like no bro you do not take away man's Oscar you're not taking away his Oscar like even as a general principle listen you ain't taking OJ's trophies that guy's probably a killer you're not taking his trophies he earned those trophies like you can't just retroactively say this person who earned their stripes taking it away based on you know X, Y, and Z especially if they better impeach Trump before they take (laughs) away that Oscar he literally tried to get people storming the White House I mean forget all that forget even like Trump even the fact that the Oscars you know Roman Polanski won an Oscar and he's actually basically a pedophile he ran away because he he had sex with a 13 year old girl one rule for black people one rule for white people one rule for men one rule for women one rule for rich people one rule for poor people and that's the other conversation that should be happening right now but no one's letting that conversation happen because it's a lot more fun to just like roll with the status quo than actually challenge it and I think that's again what's really frustrating to me we're not talking about the fact that a woman was made a butt of a joke and Chris Rock is about to make a whole bunch of money by the way like his stand up shows have just sold out basically kind of (laughs) I was like what kind of Okay. And to be honest, like he could literally make $200 million if he goes to Netflix right now and sells free specials called like The Slap. He will make $200 million because you know Chappelle's specials are like, have, he's been paid out hundreds of millions of dollars by yeah. Netflix to that. Like, So if he really goes in on all it, he mm-hmm. can make a bunch of money because to be honest, where there is a divide, I definitely think with uh, white America, the sympathy is with Chris Rock. I've seen the polling data where mm. like the younger you are and women tend to side with Will Smith and older people and just generally white America sides with Chris Rock. So, and they've, got the, and they've got the bag. <laughs> Literally based on what does He got what? punched up, man. How are you going to pick everybody hates Chris over the French Prince? <laughs> That's just twisted. <laughs> yeah, honest question. Mm-hmm. Would you ever pay a company to slander your competitors <laughs> basically when you pay someone to slander hustle crew <laughs> I've been doing that I've been doing that I've got bad people on the payroll I've got killers on the payroll you know just, just credit just, your competitors <laughs> I've been doing that every day so that you can do better would you do that be Listen, the kind of person man, that would do that desperate times in it call for wow. desperate measures now I'm joking I wouldn't <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? But the thing is, I'm not dealing with billions. You know, it's obviously so just if to give billions context, were on the line, you would. You don't we're know, talking about you, Facebook. You don't, and know, you don't know how you react in a certain context. If wow. there's billions of dollars on the line, you know, you never know what you might be resorting to. Yeah, you want to explain the context though? Why you're asking me that? So uh, the reason I'm asking is because Taylor Lorenz of the Washington Post, big fan of her work. We talked about her a lot on the show. Exposed a story where she found out that Meta, you know, the yeah. company that owns Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, hired a firm to put out fake stories about TikTok to discredit TikTok and basically get depressed saying negative things about TikTok. Now, her reasoning behind this is the fact that you know, TikTok is performing very well in mm-hmm. younger audiences that Facebook is failing to capture. Failing, They're getting yep. better engagement. They've got a young user base. They're doing all the things that Facebook cannot do and can't succeed at. And Meta is angry as a result. And so like, you know, in one of the examples, that video that you shared with me, there was a story, a fake story that had been circulated about a TikTok trend of like slap a teacher. And as it turns out, that was not a TikTok trend. In fact, the only place it existed was on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And that was just one of the examples that she used of how Meta are doing everything they can to basically like, yeah, try and slam TikTok and try and hurt their competitor. So it's pathetic, pathetic because actually schools did shut down based on that story of slap wow. a teacher. Schools were concerned. Turns out the whole thing wasn't even real. It's so also people like people lost out education because of the fake story that Meta yeah. put out. Okay, sorry, is Mark Zuckerberg being cancelled right now, or are we still trying to take away Will Smith's Oscar? <laughs> Just fill me in. Just fill me in. <laughs> you can't get cancelled when you got hundred billion dollars. That's wow, the reality. Wow, like, so that's what it's about. That's okay, what that's cool. what it means. Mm, but gotta the, love those double standards, baby. The thing is, though, that it shows to me that Facebook is absolutely terrified. Number one, I heard yeah. the most hilarious thing that basically Instagram is now like Facebook for millennials, right? So it even, really is. So yeah, I had this realization yeah. the other day. Yeah, <laughs> um, also because. I'm in my 30s, but it's just like, it's so dry. Yeah, and obviously the historic pattern has been Facebook would acquire their competitors. So they bought Instagram when it was kind of on the come up 13 employees. They yeah. had to buy Snap uh, and then they couldn't. That. And then they basically <laughs> cloned Snap with Instagram stories. And now obviously because of that, all the antitrust scrutiny they're facing, they can't acquire TikTok. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There's no way they probably could anyway as, and Reels as a Chinese company. Compete. And Reels is nowhere near no. good enough as a product. Like it's, it's really bad in terms of like how different how superior the TikTok algorithm is. But also the video editor. I'm sorry, like yeah, TikTok is good. the easiest video editor I've ever used in my life. And yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think, yeah, basically to me, when you're doing this, it basically means that you know the writings on the wall. The user growth is slow. They actually had negative Put user a growth. a timeline on it. Timeline on Facebook's inevitable decline. What would be the year when people don't even remember what Instagram is? <laughs> it's going to be a while. I think it's going to be similar to how like... I still remember know, Zanga. Yeah, there we I go. I still remember MySpace. But you, you remember how Yahoo was, is still around to a certain extent. But at one true. point, Yahoo was the biggest thing since sliced bread, right? Everyone was like, yeah, Yahoo, Yahoo. Well, and it take, these like true. large internet properties, it, it takes a slow death. I think once you reach the scale, it's a very slow death. Their biggest bet, to be honest is you might call it xenophobia but their biggest bet is basically nationalism if they can convince political bodies that basically that it's in america's best interest to make sure that american companies are basically spying and surveilling the population and not tiktok basically Mm. a a foreign company who basically kind of has now an adversarial relationship with the u.s to a certain extent that might be their best bet to be honest and it's not completely out of the question like there are quite genuine questions that have to be asked about social media apps and they're spying and yeah. if you're a country do you want basically that to be in a foreign entity that might not necessarily like you right so yeah that, that might be the best bet. is the next you know high value commodity right because if you think about like artificial intelligence and all that kind of stuff like ultimately like companies want data right. they want to harvest data and whoever yeah. wins data you know wins. what the pe- people always said like oh data is the new oil but to be honest oil is the new oil because if you look at what's <laughs> happening if you look what happened in that Russian Ukraine war yeah, yeah this oil shit is real. real like it's yeah. land matters oil still matters like energy resources still matter although I saw Nigeria 
Canada's potentially stepping up to What's supply happening? gas to Europe. Okay. So I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, look on the continent. That's going to enrich about 10 people. Though. Let's keep it a buck. <laughs> let's keep it a buck. <laughs> Anyways, shout out. But yeah, anyway, let's let's see what happens. I think it's an indicator that Facebook is struggling and they don't know, they're a bit at a loss of what to do with their, with their competition and how scrupulous they are that they would basically put out lies. I mean, stuff like that does genuinely make me want to divest from Facebook. It's like so difficult because I feel that the network effects have sucked me in. It's just easier to connect with people right, when I'm WhatsApp on as well. WhatsApp, Messenger, whatever. But at the same time, and, and to be honest, like I probably own a couple of Facebook shares. Like, okay. disclosure. <laughs> but I feel dirty now. I feel dirty. Like, I don't like that they're like doing this kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I like TikTok and I also like competition is healthy. Like that should be illegal. Like, I don't know. Like it feels wrong that there's a version. Well, no, more like, okay. Yeah, definitely. Like the competition stuff is a bit terrifying, but it also feels extremely shady that you can be caught putting out fake news, bad press about your competitor and not be fined for that. Right. Yeah. That's a good point to that. Like that should be something that, laws exist to prevent it's a fine line though because do you remember like the pepsi challenge where pepsi was like pepsi tastes better than coke if you mm. blindfold you they might, coke might be like well hold on you're bad mouthing us but then what's the difference between yeah like, but no schools marketing. got shut down yeah that's true that's the difference except we all got diabetes basically because of coke <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's to be what fair laws <laughs> exist to like limit your intake of sugar and stuff like that right yeah. and taxes like here in the uk sugar tax you go to fast Where, food though? stuff huh is it implemented anywhere sugar you taxes can't, you, you got to pay more to get a full price coke and your mcdonald's right. happy meal and stuff like that Otherwise, i don't think in the states though is that not a thing i don't think so someone in new york did try to ban big gulps i'm pretty sure yeah that my was bloomberg yeah, yeah in new york okay yeah. so okay slow 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 about happening cool watch this space All right, everybody, that brings us to the end of this episode of Techish. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening right now. We always love to hear from you. You can use hashtag Techish on Twitter to jump into the conversation and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.